Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Come on, church, can we give Jesus a big ovation of worship in this place? Come on, y'all can do better than that. We're talking about King Jesus. I love that. I love that. I love that. I, I want you to tap your neighbor, high five them, say, don't stop now. Don't stop now. Tell them the other neighbor that you didn't say just a second ago, say, don't give up. Say, don't give up. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, hey, I'm so glad that you're here today. I'm so honored that you would be a part of today. And let me just share something with you. Uh, we've been in a series called Don't Give Up. We're in week seven of Don't Give Up. Anybody wanted to give up so far in the last seven weeks, but something just in, in your spirit, something that you heard maybe that just said, you know what, maybe I shouldn't give up. Maybe I shouldn't give up. I, I'll just be honest. I think there's been times for all of us we've been tempted to give up, even in the middle of this series. But I, I'm, I'm just excited about today. I'm not even, I'm, I'm not the only one that's going to be up here on stage sharing a word today because I got my friend, uh, 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 she's an incredible gal, she's our executive director of programming, and AB is going to be up here sharing with me today, so that's going to be fun. Y'all just better get ready because she might stand up, you might say, preachy white girl, you might have to do that today. I don't know, we might have to fan her microphone off or something, all right? But I'm excited about it. I believe God's going to speak to us, and we've been in this series don't give up. And Galatians 6-9 has really been the thesis of it. Obviously, we've been going through 1 Peter, but the thesis, the big idea behind it has been Galatians 6-9. And it's this idea that says, hey, let's not get tired of doing what is good, but at just the right moment, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we what? One more time. If we what? Don't give up. And I just believe that there's some people in here today that maybe you thought about giving up. There's some people watching online that maybe you thought about giving up, but God's going to speak to you today. And I believe that with all of my heart. Would you pray with me together? Jesus, we thank you so much for today. We love you. We honor you. We lift you up. We're so excited about what you're going to do today, how you're going to speak to us, how you're going to teach us, how you're going to mold us, how you're going to affect the decisions that we make every single day, Jesus. We love you. We honor you. And we lift up your name, King Jesus. And it's in the mighty, powerful, awesome, magnificent name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said. Amen, amen. If you love Jesus in this place, can you make a little bit of noise on the way to your seat, on the way to your seat? I love that, I love that, I love that. Well, we just gonna, we're going to just have a seat. Is that all right with everybody? About three of you said that's all right with everybody? All right, good. Well, hey, I, again, I'm so honored that you're here. And A.B., I'm so excited to have you up here on stage with too. me. Come on, can we give it up for A.B. one more time? So thankful for A.B. and, and uh, what she means to our staff and just this church. It's been, um, uh, her, her presence is just unbelievable. And uh, I, I just felt like there was some stuff even today that we're going to walk through and we're going to talk through. That A.B.'s got some firsthand experience uh, when it comes to some of this stuff. And so I want you to write down the title of today's message. And again, I know this is a little change of pace, a little different. But we might get up and preach a little bit. We might sit down for a few minutes. But I believe that God is going to be in this place and he's going to speak through uh, his word and what we find in First Peter chapter. Four. And this is the title of today's message. I want you to write it down. It's this idea of, I, have I decided? Have I decided? All right, I want you to think about that for just a second. 
write that down. But show of hands real quick, how many of us would say, you know what, uh, I've, I've had to make a tough decision before in my life. Come on, it's all skate. If you have, go ahead, raise your hand up. All right? I like that. How many of you ever been in a spot where have you ever had to make uh, so many decisions in a short amount of time that you get what I call decision fatigue? Anybody ever been there? You're just tired of making decisions. Come on, somebody, right? I think we've all been there. Uh, I, I think this next one's even a challenge sometimes because, uh, like, where are you going to go eat lunch today sometimes is a hard thing to answer. Am I right? That's a real like, hard Like, Lord, one. help us. I think we should name, uh, I think we should uh, start a restaurant and name it I Don't Care. You know why? Because when people say, hey, where are you going to go eat? I don't care. I don't care. We got That's somewhere to go. That's where they at. Come on. That would be a good name for a restaurant. Uh, and they could, they, they, I don't care. We're going to go to I Don't Care today. So uh, I, I don't know about you, but making decisions sometimes can be tough, right? It can be hard. It can be a, a challenge. And and I don't, I, I, if you think about it, if you think about your life and my life, A, B, our lives, like the thing that I want us to understand is our lives can be summed up in this idea of it's a summation of all the decisions that we've made, right? Whatever has come against us or whatever has come uh, in the path of, of life with us that we've had to make a decision along the way. And, and this is something else I want you to write down that we want to start out with is this idea that your decisions determine your destiny. Right, your decisions determine your destiny. And so, hey, I'm not up here by myself this week. I got AB up here. I need y'all to shout back at us like it's your job too, okay? So, like, like help us preach for you today. But it's, it's your decisions that determine your destiny. Now, think about you, AB, because what happens is, and her real name is Alicia Brown, but we call her AB, okay? I just, I just want everybody to know that. Um, but, but, like, the thing about it is you are not originally from Kentucky. I'm not. You are not from Kentucky, but here you are. You find yourself on a platform in Kentucky speaking today, preaching today. And so I just think that that is a culmination of a lot of decisions that God put in front of you. Um, and, and again, it kind of determined the destiny that you're sitting right here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that story of how God brought you from Florida, transplanted you into Kentucky. Yeah, so when people find out I'm from Florida, they think, wow, you're crazy. Why would you come to Kentucky? <laughs> and all the, like, they're, they're not totally wrong. I am a little insane for leave, from leaving 20 minutes away from the beach. Like I could wake up one day and decide, I'm gonna go to the beach for an hour. And it wasn't a weird thing to do. But here I am in Kentucky, and I think about, you know, how I got here. And I, it kind of started when I was looking off to go off to college because I knew um, when I was in middle school and high school that God had called me, uh, that he was putting a calling on my heart to spend my life doing ministry. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know what it was going to be. But I knew that that's where God was calling me to. And so I thought, okay, I'm getting ready to, to go off to college. I, I, want, I want my years in school to be useful and beneficial. And so I applied to a bunch of different Christian universities and f decided to go to one in eastern Kentucky. And so I, I went there. I left everyone I knew. I left all my family behind. Shout out to my family who I know is all going to be watching later. I love you all so much. Yeah, uh, but I left them all behind in Florida. And I decided to move to Kentucky, came to school where I didn't know anybody. And while I was there, I said, you know what? Like, I, the thing to do when you're in college is to work at a summer camp. Like, it's the thing you do, right? And you know that because you did too. Me and Allie met. Shout out mama who's with the babies back there. Yeah. <laughs> so so when, I, when I knew that's what I wanted to do. So I applied to a, different, a bunch of different summer camps. And I decided upon one that's actually here in Western Kentucky, off on Kentucky Lake. And I, I decided to go there. So I spent a summer there. And while I was there, I was like, you know what? Like, I, I feel like God's calling me to stay here a little bit longer. So I decided to do an internship for a year. And that internship ended up with a decision afterwards to, to stay on full time after I graduated college. And so I stayed there and I moved around to a couple different positions there. 
And then came fall 2018 when I was like, you know what, it's time for me to decide to get involved in the church. And I saw your face on Facebook yeah, yeah. Uh, talking about a launch team meeting that was happening for this church that was getting started I called Purpose Church. I have all these church. wrinkles right here, no, though. You I'm didn't. just telling totally you, different. just lower church, church planning, planning ages. <laughs> Let's go. It'll age you it quick. It ages Sorry. you real quick. Uh, but uh, so I, I, just, I made the decision to go check that out the next day. And while I was that day, I decided, you know what, this is it. This is where I'm going to start to get involved. I don't know what it's going to look like, God, but I, I feel you calling me to be here and to get planted here. And so I made the decision that day that, that I was going to get involved, whatever that looked like. And it's looked like a lot of different things over the past three years. And, and the earlier in this year, it actually looked like me making the decision to come on staff full time, to, to leave uh, the camp that I had been a part of for seven years and to come on staff full time here at Purpose Church. And to, to buy a house in Murray, Kentucky. And so, like, no longer could it be like, hey, I'm calling Jacksonville, Florida home. No, it's Murray, Kentucky is my home. And I have is anybody a home. thankful that Murray, Absolutely. Kentucky is the home of AB? Me I too. Am. Me too, for sure. So, so I think about all these decisions, and, and we're titling today's message, Have I Decided? So, so, you know, life is full of decisions that we make. And, and today we're asking you it's kind of the question, have you decided? And it's not like, hey, have, have I decided? Like, I'm not saying, have I decided? Have you decided? I want you to ask yourself these questions as we're going through. And we're in 1 Peter chapter 4. And I'm going to give you a little bit of context first. Because last week, Pastor Justin, you finished talking about 1 Peter chapter 3, which the importance of suffering well and going through trials. And at the very end of that, it talks about how, Christ suffered, and so we can, when we suffer and when we go through trials, we can look to that as our example of, of suffering. And so uh, we, we go through that and we come to that, and, and I think um, what, I, what I love about Peter, like, so this is Peter, right? Like, this is the Peter who, who walked on water and then took his eyes off Jesus and he started to sink. And this is Peter who, like, Jesus, I'm so dedicated to you, I'm going to cut off somebody's ear for you to save you. And then, then I'm going to turn around and deny you three times. Yeah. So, like, he, he gets it. He understands what it's like to be totally sold out for Jesus and, and make a decision and then turn around and, and not get it perfect. And I, I love that about Peter as we've been soaping through this every day for the past six weeks now is that, uh, like, I know that Peter gets where I'm at. Like, Peter's not a perfect person. He didn't have it all together and say, hey, suffer well because I suffered well. But he, he gets it. He understands it. Yeah. And I absolutely love that because uh, we come to, uh, to, to the end here, or to, to chapter 4, and, and chapter 3 is kind of talking about why we have a reason to suffer well, why there's a purpose to suffer well. And then we come to chapter 4, and Peter's like, all right, I'm giving you the why, now I'm going to give you the how. And what I love, I don't know, if you, in your Bible, does it have headings kind of over different, different sections, kind of like summarizes it for you, so you're like, hey, this is the idea of what you're studying. Well, I love in my Bible, 1 Peter chapter 4, it actually says the, the heading is living for God. So I come to that and I'm like, okay, Peter, you've told me that I have to suffer well. You told me that I have Christ to look to as an example. And I'm like, I get that. But how do I do that? Yeah. And our boy Peter, yo, he's practical. Y'all, he gets it. He understands that that's what we want. And so that's what 1 Peter 4 is going to be about. And so we actually are going to have you kind of ask yourself four questions, four decisions that you have to make when it comes to living for God. And the first one is, have I decided, have you decided to leave the past behind? Yeah. And what I love in the first couple verses of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 2, it says, You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. You've had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy, their immorality and lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties, and their terrible worship of idols. 
So it's P- Peter's coming here and he's saying, hey, listen, if you're going to suffer well, if you're going to choose to live for God, to live, live for Christ, you got to leave these things behind. Yeah. The things that you used to do, you can't do them anymore. Yeah. And, and you ever hear people talk about their BC days, like the days before they came to Christ? Yeah. yeah? I, I know you talk about your BA days before Allie. Before Allie. Before BC, before Christ. Right, so got before it. Christ. Okay. So some people have some wild and crazy stories about the things that they did before they came to Christ. And like some of you probably have some wild and crazy stories of things that you did before you came to Christ. And what Peter's talking about here in verse 3, you know, uh, the immorality and lust, the feasting and drunkenness, the wild parties, that, that might have been you 20 years ago, 5 years ago, 6 months ago. That might have even been you last night. Like, I'm not crazy enough to think that. That might have been you last night. And, and we're here, and, and you, you see these things that Peter's talking about in verse 3. But then you, you meet Jesus, and, and your life was changed, yeah. and he totally changed your life. Or my question for you is, or, or has it, has your life changed since you met Jesus? Are you still doing the things that you used to do before you came to Christ? Wow. And, and right. then the other side, of it, maybe you didn't have some really crazy BC days. Maybe you weren't out doing You came to Christ at a young age, and you, you were fortunate enough to grow up in church and, and have people who, who guided you along the right path. But, but maybe in your heart, you were worshiping the idol of, of worldly things or worldly possessions or the idol of religion or the idol of fear, and maybe that's something you struggled with. But, but my question for you is, have you decided to leave all that behind? Because in verse 2, Peter says, you won't spend the rest of your lives. So it's saying there has to be a break from, from when you, before you came to Jesus, you meet Jesus, and then there's the rest of your life that you have to live for him, that you can't do the things that you used to. You have to leave the past behind. And um, we have to pick something, like, all the things we're going to talk about, all the questions we're asking, all the decisions we're asking you to make require you to pick one thing and to not pick another. They require you to travel down one path, one path of living for God, and to quit living down the path, walking down the path of living for the world. Because here's what I know, you can't simultaneously live for God and also live for yourself and for the things of this world. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Because the things of God are not, of the things of, are not the things of the world. And the things of the world are not the things of God. So you can't do both. It doesn't, like, you can't walk down two roads at the same time, right? Um, but, but what I love is that um, Peter, you know, I said he, he understands us, right? Like he gets it. He, he's, he's walked through life a little bit. And so he comes and he says here, and, and you're thinking, okay, like I used to do these things, but, but now I, I've made the decision for to live for Christ, and, and now I don't have any friends who get it. Or, or my old friends, all my old friends, they don't understand me. They think I'm crazy or they think I'm no fun anymore. And, and what I love about Peter in verse 4, it says, of course your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. Yeah, that's good. If your old friends that you used to do things with that, that are not of Christ don't understand you and don't get it, you're doing the right thing. Yes. So let me encourage you that because I know gets Peter, Peter gets, gets it. it. He understands it because the things of God are not the things of this world. And so if, if you're living for God, the things that you're going to do are not going to be the things that your, your friends and your peers and your family who are of the world are going to do. And, and what I love, so I said I was from Jacksonville, Florida, right? Like Jacksonville, Florida, you may not know this. Not many people know this. It is the largest landmass city in the country. Like it's huge, giant. You can, it takes an hour to drive from one end to another on an interstate, right? So it's pretty big. And this is like not with Atlanta traffic. Uh, and so when I think about Jackson, Florida, one of the things I loved about growing up was that, like, I could make a decision that I didn't want to see anybody I know for a day, and I could go out and, and find somewhere to go and not run into a soul. Yeah. 
Y'all, you can't do that in Murray. Murray, Kentucky ain't that way. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it but, ain't that way. Like last night, even, I went to Walmart because I had to buy an iron to iron my shirt. And so I was 9 o'clock at night on a Saturday night in Walmart. And I ran into six people I knew. <laughs> six people. And, and I used to not do that. But what I, and I think that's me, right? I've only lived here for a few years. I don't know as many people as probably a lot of you know who, who grew up here. I grew up in this area, and so I think if I have that hard of a time running into people that I know, I can't even imagine what it's like for someone who's lived here. And so I think, okay, if you've been called away from the things of this world, is it more crazy for the people that you went to high school with or for the people that you used to know a long time ago? Is it crazier or more insane for them to see you drinking in a bar and getting drunk on Saturday night? Or is it crazier for them to see you serving at a purpose church or to see you going to church or talking about the crew that you're involved with or, or serving our community on serve day in a red shirt? What's, what's crazier for them? Is it crazier for them? Does it not make sense that you've left the things, the old things behind or is it or is it normal for them that like, okay, you know, I expect to see them doing these things because they're of the world. They're just like me. But God calls us to be set apart and, and to spend the rest of our lives doing something. And it ultimately, it comes down to a choice that we have to make. Yeah. And with all these questions, we're going to give you a choice that you have to make. Keep it real simple. And the choice you have to make is choose living for God over living for me. Yeah, great. And so, you know, I think about that and I think about, okay, when I live for God, what does that look like? And it looks like, you know, the will of God. And that seems like such a big, proverbial, scary thing to yes. think about. But what I love is that you can find the will of God in this thing right here. Yep. And he yep. breaks it down real easy for us. And actually, like, the next, next verses is, is yep. exactly what, what. It's going to walk us through that. Yep. Absolutely. Come on, A.B., you preach it up in here today. like that. I like that. But here's what I want you to know is that we, and kind of just to tag along with what that is, you can't make a difference unless you are different. Right. Right? That's the thing I think for the most of us we need to understand is that you can't, you and I can't make a difference in this world if we're living exactly like the world. And so that just goes, goes into that of choosing living for God over choosing living for me. And you've done that so well, even, you know, all throughout your life and your story. I just think that's awesome uh, that you had a chance to speak on that because then it flows into verse 8. Uh, and what I love about verse 8 is it says this. It kind of walks us through the next thing of have I decided. And it starts by saying this in verse 8. Most importantly of all... Continue to show deep love for each other. Look at your neighbor and say, aw. Let's go ahead. All right, I like that. Uh, for love covers a multitude of sins, okay? And so the next question I think that we want to pose to you is have I decided, is this idea of have I decided to love others? Have I decided to love others? Because this is what I know. It's real easy, and I do it a lot. It's real easy to throw up a I love you sign like this, right? Real easy. I do it to my kids a lot because I want them to know daddy loves them. I, I care about them, right? It's real easy to say, hey, I love you, bro. Love you, man. Yeah, you're awesome. Love you. Like, it's easy to say that, but I'm just going to challenge us. Have we, do we really love other people? Do we like really, really love other people? The message translation, it's more of a paraphrase. It's not a word-for-word -word translation of the Bible. It's a paraphrase. I like how it put it. It put it in pretty, pretty crazy terms. It says this, most of all, love each other, watch this, as if your life depended on it. As if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. So in my head, that logically makes no sense, Right? Like, can we be honest? Like, the idea of loving someone, even that has wronged us, as we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, somebody that we, we, we ha has offended us or said something about us, like, the fact of loving them as if my life depended on it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I don't know about you. It doesn't, it doesn't really fit. And so I think that's pretty wild for it to say that. Uh, and again, I think sometimes my life depends on me not showing love to somebody else more than it does showing love to them. But here's what I've come to know is that sometimes loving others doesn't make sense. Yeah. 
Sometimes it doesn't make sense. Again, as we've talked about, the fact that, that somebody may have wronged you or said something about you, like we talked about last week, and the fact that you can love them through that, that is not logical. That's not living by your, your sinful nature. That's living by the nature that's on the inside of you that Jesus has reproduced in you. And so I think about that. And I don't know about this old saying. Maybe you've heard it before. You probably have. Is that uh, uh, love makes a fool out of logic. You ever heard that? This means yes in Kentucky. Come on, just because I'm sitting down. I mean, you can't do it. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, I, I think about that. And I think honestly about Allie and our story of Allie was going to school here at Murray State, and I was in Paducah uh, going to the UK College of Engineering and studying all that stuff. And like in my junior year, the hardest year uh, that I had on semester, like that semester was the hardest year. Not proud of it. I did fail a class that semester. Not proud of it. Study, everybody that goes to Murray State. Study, study, study. Uh, but, but, but for me, what happened was uh, I, I fell in love. All right, I fell in love with a girl. I met a girl. Her name's Allie. Where's she at? Is she in the back back there? Mama, I see you. I'm just thinking about uh, whenever um, I had a chance to, uh, I drove a truck that got 12 miles a gallon. Come on, somebody, because that's what we do around here in Kentucky, AB, Absolutely. just so you know. All right, 12 miles a gallon. I could, I mean, and, and I lived in Paducah. Murray was 45 minutes away or so, lots of miles between where I lived and where she lived. But guess who was driving her day to come see her? Your boy was. You know why? Because I was in love. You know what? Didn't make no sense because I had no money, okay? Like none. I like didn't have any money. But love was the driving factor of that, not logic. And I think about that because we live in a world right now where logic tells us, tells us if somebody wrongs you and the culture that we grow up in is saying, hey, if they wrong you, guess what you got to do? You got to cancel them, right? We live in the middle of cancel culture. They do one thing wrong. Somebody does one thing or says one thing. I'm done with them. I'm moving on to something else. That's not what love says. Because what does love tell us right there in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8? It says, love covers a multitude of sins. Right? That's what love does. Not logic. Logic says cancel. Love covers. I like that a lot. I think also in, in our world that we live in, it's social media. What we can look at a lot of times is that, man, I see, I see A.B. in Jacksonville down on the beach. I'm like, yo, I want to be there. And I become envious of her. I become envious of other people of what they have. Or I think, oh, man, I wish they didn't have it and I wish I had it. And what happens is, is that's the logical thing to do. But love, according to Paul in 1 uh, Corinthians, not Peter that we're talking through right now, but, but Paul really talks about love. And he talks about this idea of love. Uh, does not envy or boast, right? That's what real love is. Logic may say for you to do that, but love, no, -uh, that's not what love says. It says to not envy or boast. Logic tells us that if we're wronged, we should keep score and we should get them back, right? That's what logic would tell us. That's what just kind of the world, the culture that we live in tells us. But Paul, again, says love keeps no records of being wrong. That's what he says in 1 Corinthians 13. Logic says that if it's not working, if that marriage is not working, give up on it. Or if that thing's not working, give up, move on, try something new, buy a new version, upgrade. And sometimes that may need to happen, all right? I'm just telling you that may need to happen, but not in a, a, a bad way. Not in a, like, I'm going to leave that because of uh, logic, because it's easier to do. When in fact, love is harder to do. And it's this idea of don't give up because the Bible tells us again in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love never fails, never loses heart, is always hopeful, and endures through every single circumstance. Logic uh, says keep my church small. Keep my church small. I want to know everybody. I want to I I be able to touch everybody that's there.
there and know, know who they are, know what's going on. And there is something great about that. I love that's the church I grew up in. But if that's our mindset of us for and no more, that's what logic would tell us. But I believe that the love and the words of Jesus is what we should live by in Matthew chapter 28 where he says, Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That that's our job. That's our goal. That's what we're called to be as a church. I'm sitting down, but you can still clap if you love Jesus, all right? I, I'm just telling you, I think that's that's something that we got to get. It's not it's not lo logic that we need to follow. It's love. We'll talk about that in just a second. Because I think there's a, a, a thing I want to drill in on just a smidge here is this idea. Is if we live logically, we live a life that loves people who, who deserve it. Right, but, but I'm about to preach to you really quick because you guess what, really fast, I think we need to understand that you and I never deserve love in the first place. Right, the Bible tells us in Romans 5, 8 that while we were still sinning, Christ died for me. The only reason why I have love on the inside of me is because I was first loved by Christ. And the idea, uh, it's 0% logical uh, to make logical sense for Jesus to come down off of his seat in heaven, right, perfection, where he was seated at the right hand of the Father, be born into a stable, live 33 years on this earth, perfect, stain-free, sin-free life here on earth, then be tried, wrongly accused of something that he didn't even do, and then be hung on a cross as if he were a criminal. There is no logic in that, but guess what there is? There's a whole lot of love in the middle of that. Is there anybody that's thankful in this place that Jesus didn't pick logic, he picked love, and he went to the cross even when it didn't make sense to the world, right? I'm grateful that that's what we have as a Savior. And so I just want to challenge us. I want to, I want to encourage us. You may be thinking, well, you have no idea what they did. You have no idea what they did to me. You don't know what they said about me. You don't know how I was hurt. How does God expect me to literally show them love? And again, let me challenge you with this idea that you and I will never outlove someone more than God had to love me. You and I will never have to outforgive someone more than God had to forgive me. Right? And so I just want to challenge us. This is the choice. We're asking you, have I decided uh, to love others? This is the question. This is the idea, uh, the answer to that question of what you have to choose. And you got to choose love over logic. you got to choose love over logic. Have I decided to love people? I'm going to choose love over logic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and God's asking us to do this for, for a reason. It's not just because, hey, I want you to love people. It's, it's I want you to love people because I have something that I want to do with you that's going to require you to love people, require you to show love to others. And we jump down to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, and we read, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And so you think about a gift, like I think, oh, it's Christmas morning, I'm in my PJs, you know, some cinnamon rolls maybe, or whatever your Christmas tradition is, you got a box wrapped under, the, uh, wrapped under the tree for you with a nice bow on top, and there's something inside of it that you can take out and open up and hold in your hand and you have in front of you and use in your everyday life. That ain't the kind of gift we're talking about. This is a gift that God has placed on the inside of you, and there's actually a couple different types of gifts that we're going to talk about, but before we, we jump into that, I, I want you to know you have to understand that, that you are perfectly and wonderfully made, yeah. that God has given each of us, every single one of us, a purpose with our, with our 
our lives, and he perfectly made you. So it doesn't matter what someone has said about you in your past or what someone has done to you to make you think about yourself or think about your purpose or your worth or your value or anything of that nature, but God has perfectly and wonderfully made you. David says in Psalm 139, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. I'm complex. Anybody out there complex? A little crazy sometimes? That's me. But thank all you, God. All us men in the room, we all <laughs> complex. You know what I'm saying? We all believe the women are complex, but that's okay. We love it. We're working through it. I'm sorry, A.B. <laughs> so, so David says, thank you for making me wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. So, so God is marvelous. And he is, the creator has created you with a specific purpose in mind that, that he has placed on the inside of you. And the whole reason that we want you to, to leave your past behind, the whole reason we want you to love other people is because... Because he's placed a gift inside of you. And you have to decide to use those gifts that God's, yep. God's given you. And so the question is, have I decided to use God's gifts? Yep. And so... Uh, there's, there's, there's two types of gifts. One is the personality gifts. And so that's things like the Myers-Briggs test or the DIS test or the Strength Finder or the Enneagram. Shout out Enneagram 6s out there. What's up? Enneagram 7. Let's go. If y'all know what that is, we are 7. We don't pay you attention, know, one but through we got nine, lots of energy. Okay. Um, but so those are personality gifts. And those are just kind of how you're made, how you interact with other people. And then there's a different type of gift. There's, there's spiritual gifts. And those are the gifts that God has placed inside of you that he's purposely put into you to use to do the ministry of God. Yeah. And what I love is... Bjarni and Michelle are fixing to get ready to go to next right after this service. And they're going to walk you through a spiritual gifts test. It's a test you cannot fail. Yeah. Great news. And, and what, what it do is we just want to help you come alongside you to figure out how God has made you. And, and help you live out that purpose that he's created you for. And another way you can, you can find out what your spiritual gift is, is by being in community. We do this thing at Purpose Church that we call cruise. Now our summer cruise, almost done. But our fall cruise, they're launching in September. And let me tell you, if you don't know how to, how to find your purpose, how to start figuring out, jump in a crew. It's a group of people who, who love each other and love Jesus. They're going to point you to Jesus and walk alongside you in life. And But what better way to find out how God has gifted you than with people who he has also gifted yep. to come alongside it. And, and what I love is that God has, God has tons of different gifts. You know, he's in verse 10 says the great variety of spiritual gifts. Yep. And when I think about that, the, the body of Christ, the church, is often described as the body of Christ. So, so think about your body for a minute, okay? Like your ear and, and your toe, totally different purposes, right? And your, your nose and your feet. Your feet are supposed to run and walk and your nose is supposed to smell. And sometimes, sometimes your feet smell and your nose runs, right? But oh, that was good. That was, that good. was a good look. That was good. You practiced that, didn't you? I did. Okay, I like that. That was a good joke. <laughs> That's good. But uh, so, so uh, everything, everything has a purpose, and all the gifts inside that God's placed inside of you have a purpose. And so we're not going to ask everybody yeah. to spend time digging into God's word and come up here and speak. That's not what we're going to do because we know that that's not what, how God has gifted everybody. We're not going to ask everybody to serve in Purpose Kids, although we would love everyone to serve in Purpose Kids. But we know that God's not gifted everybody that way. Yeah. And then he gives everybody a bunch of different spiritual gifts. But what it all comes down to, what it does look like for everyone is the very end of verse 10 there. It says, use them well to serve serve one another. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your gift is. All that matters is that you're using it. And, and let me let me tell you this: contrary to popular belief, like the gift is not for me. You know, you think if you get a gift, it's for you to enjoy, for you to use, for you to you to enjoy and use every day. That's not what your spiritual gift's about. Your spiritual gift, like Peter says in verse ten, is to use to serve one another. Yeah, and so God's given us all these gifts. And what's great about it is that it is God's gift. And I really struggled with how to word this question because in my head I was like, Have I decided to use my gifts? They are my gifts to use. 
They're God's gifts to use. And, and what's great about that is that I can't be insecure about my gifts. I can't be, if, if I don't think my gift is enough or if I wish I had a different gift, it's not my gift to be concerned, to insecure about. But then on the flip side of it, I can't be arrogant about my gifts. I can't sit up here and say, hey, look at me. I have the gift of speaking and teaching. Look at me go. That, that's not what I can do because it's God's gift. God has given it to me to use and it's, it's my responsibility to use it and to steward it well. And so you can't be arrogant, you can't be insecure, but you do have to use it. Because this is the choice that you have to make when it comes to this decision, is choose serving over sinning. Because it does you no good to just be sitting there on your gift. It does you no good to just not have your gift being used. And even more than that, it does us no good for you to not be using your gift. And what I love about God, Pastor says, he's God. Like he could make us use our gift if he wanted us to. But instead, he wants us to participate in what he wants to do in us and through us. And so he wants us to choose. He wants us to make the decision to let him use our gifts in us, to grow us in us and through us, and to influence the world and, and to make the world a better place. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Choose, choose serving over sitting. I think that's so important. And again, A.B., you bring such a, I'll just tell you in this scenario, you bring such a, an incredible voice to this because you do these things so well. And I... I just want to honor her really quickly. Uh, this is not easy to do. This is not, not, not sometimes necessarily fun because of the lack of sleep that you had last night and, you know, even the week that you've had. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But I'll just tell you, um, A.B. is a, a gift to our church. And, not, and this is not, she does not want me to do this. But I just, I, I, because she doesn't want to be puffed up by any means. And I want to challenge you guys. A.B. started on our park team. And, and she chose right there to serve and not sit. She had no idea who people were when she came here from Jacksonville, Florida. Shows up at a, at a, at a, uh, a hotel. <laughs> you know, that's weird. You're going to meet people at the hotel, okay? That's weird. It's what a church is meeting. What you mean a church is meeting at a hotel? Yeah, church is meeting at a hotel. She shows up. She comes in. And she, she's not, and, and again, she's one to say, hey, no, no, no. I've got more education than all of them. She got more education than I do. I'll just tell you, she has a, she has a double major, uh, uh, undergraduate, right? What were those in? Uh, communications and missions and ministry. Okay. And then you have a master's degree in what? Christian studies. Christian biblical studies. Yep. So when I think of AB and I think of, of anybody that could tote their gift around, I think it could be her. And, and what I am so honored uh, just to speak beside her because she, again, started... And where's Joel and Becca? Are they in this room right now? They, the second service. Oh, yeah, they're always second service right there. Our park team, that's not the most luxurious place to start, okay? Can we be honest? You're in every element. You're in the wind and the rain and the hot, standing on asphalt, and it's snowing, and you're outside. And what I love about AB is that she chose to serve instead of sit. And that's the question I'm going to pose to some of us. Hey, are you choosing to sit on the very thing that God is asking to use? And if you'll start... Trust me, there's no telling what God can do. And the fact is, if she's standing on this stage, sitting on this stage, speaking and communicating the gospel, uh, and again, it all started by her saying, I'm willing to serve. I don't have to be on the stage. I can be anywhere else. And, and that is just, I think one more time, we need to just honor her by putting her hands together. Thank you, A.B. I know you're going to share part of your story here in just a second. And it kind of gets to the last thing. Um, that, again, there's gifts that A.B. has, that I have, that Kyle has that are different from each other, but that's what make the body of Christ so special, is that all of us can be so different, 
Yet if we're working towards the same goal, man, we're going to achieve it together faster than we ever could on my own. And that's the goal. That's, and I, I think about it, again, our gifts are so important because I get to use the gift that I have. Again, my gifts are different than A.B.'s, but when we come together, when we're doing them beside each other, I got somebody to remind me on the days that I want to give up, hey, just remember the gift that's on the inside of you. Remember the calling that's on the inside of your life. Remember what God has done. And that's the question I'm going to ask you guys right now is have I decided to not give up? That's why it's so important to have people around you. That's why it's so important to have a, a crew around you. That this can be a big church, right? It feels like a big church. And it's just, let me just share it with you guys. We've got a vision for it to be even bigger. It's going to be even bigger. God is going to grow this church. And I just, the way that you make a big church feel small is that when you say, you know what, I'm going I'm to choose sitting. Uh, I'm not going to choose sitting. I'm going to choose serving. I'm going to choose loving over logic. Logic doesn't make sense to show up in a middle school at 5.30 in the morning to load in. That don't make no sense. But, Lord, I love you. If you call me to do that, I'll do it. I'll do whatever you call me to do. And then I, I think it just gets to this last couple of verses in, in chapter uh, 4, in verse 12. It just says this. It says, dear friends, don't be surprised. Because what happens is, is we say, God, I'm going to give you all of that. I'm going to love people. I'm going to give you my gift. I'm going to serve. And then we wonder, why is bad stuff still happening to us? Why am I still walking through this trial? Why am I still walking through this? Watch what Peter has to tell us. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. But instead, be very glad. Somebody say, ha ha. I like that. For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all of the world. I think about that and I think about this idea, this question of, hey, have I decided to not give up? Have I decided that when it's, it's tough, do I have people around me that remind me of the joy of serving? Do I have people around me reminding me of that decision? Hey, listen, remember what you said. Remember what you did. Remember how faithful God has been through all of that. And I think about it. It's really easy. And again, in a series called Don't Give Up, I think all of us, and let's just be honest, I feel like this summer the give up meter has gone up for me. Right? I think when I, when I speak on Don't Give Up, that's where Satan loves to say, you know what, let me, just, let, me just, let me just see what I can do to see if I can get him to give up. And pretty much say he's a liar by saying, you know what, you're not going to give up, but then you give up. And I think about that, A.B., I think about even this week for you, right? This week for you has been tough, um, and just some things have gone on that you, you can't even really explain. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your week, just what that looks like. Yeah, so, you know, you always hear people say, you know, before you go through something big, like everything that could go wrong would go wrong, right? And, and so I, I was thinking about, it. I've been studying for a couple weeks just on what we're going to be talking about. And it's, it's ironic because all these things, all these decisions that, that Peter's asking us to make that we're presenting to you today, I've had to make them this week for myself. And it's, it's crazy because, you know, from, from interpersonal, you know, relationship issues that I've been struggling with this week um, with different people and, and, and with, you know, it's been like the hottest week of the year. And my AC, I said, hey, let's be 72 degrees. It says, nah, we're going to be 80. And I'm like, no, we're not. Let's not do that. So it's been hot. And, and I've been struggling with some people things. And then on top of that, some totally weird, random health issues that came out of nowhere. And I was, I was down for four days. Like, I don't go down. Like, I'm not a, I don't sit. I'm not a sitter. And so uh, I, did, I had to sit for four days pretty much. And it was just hard. And, and I know for, like, when, when you're going in through tr troubles or through trials and struggles, it's hard to choose joy. And, and I'll tell you, it was hard for me to choose joy this week. 
It was really hard. It, it was, in fact, it was not my first response. It was not my second response. It was not my third response. But thankfully, I've got a group of people around me, who, a lot of them who are in this room, most of whom didn't even know existed three years ago, which is the great thing about God, is that he's brought people into my life when I needed it to remind me that, hey, listen, this suffering that you're going through, this trial that you're going through, don't be surprised by it. You know that, that it was coming. You knew that things were going to happen. You knew that God was going to test you and that your suffering is not in vain. And you know that God has has placed things inside of you that he wants to use to grow his kingdom and to advance his kingdom. And you know that God has called you to love other people. And you know that God has called you to leave the past behind, leave the things that you do, don't do them anymore. And so I, I think about this week and it, it comes, it, it, I kept thinking of this verse, actually the last verse in 1 Peter 4. Um, and I was at really at a point where I'm like, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to need you to tell me something. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to read 1 Peter 4 and see what jumps out to me, you know, because I haven't already read it 20 times this week. And it was the last verse in 1 Peter 4, verse 19. It says, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. And I've just been clinging on to that all week long. And, and I had to make the choice. I had to choose to not give up over giving in. And because I knew that, that God, is, God has a purpose for me. And God has a plan for me. And I had people around me who came alongside me and reminded me, that, hey, God, God loves you. God has something big for you. God has something planned for you. And he wants to, wants to use you. And I think um, when, it, when it came to those choices and those decisions I had to make, when things went wrong this week, it wasn't when the things were going wrong that I decided to not give up. Let me just tell you that. Because if you wait to make the decision until things go wrong, you aren't going to choose the hard decision. Because not giving up is hard sometimes. In fact, most times it's hard. So you have to decide to not give up before it comes time for you to give up. And so I, thankfully I had made that choice and people came around me and said, hey, remember, you're, you're living for God. You're doing something that's bigger than you. You've made this decision. You know that there's, there's joy, there's gladness to be had in this because it proves that God is doing something and God is working. And I think about, um, you know, it's a conscious choice, a conscious decision you have to make that, that no matter what happens, that you're not going to give up. That, that no matter what happens, no matter what things come up, no matter how, if it may be inconvenient for me, I'm going to use God's gifts. And no matter what, even if it's uncomfortable for me, even if it makes no logical sense for me to do it, I'm going to love other people. Yeah. And no matter what, I'm not going back to the way I used to be because I know that God has called me to live differently for the rest of my life. Yeah. And, I, and we talk about all these decisions that you have to make, and all of them hinge on you making another decision first. And that's the decision to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. And so maybe you're in this room and you're like, hey, uh, you're, you're tugging at my heart. Like I feel something on the inside of me, and it's not the Mexican I ate last night. I, I feel that you're doing something inside of me, God. And, and, and that's the Holy Spirit prompting you to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. And so what I'd love right now, if you're in this room, if you could bow your head and close your eyes. If you're watching online or, or listening on the podcast, if it's safe for you to do so, do the same as well. But I just want to ask you right now, Pastor Dustin, when he was talking about choosing to love others, he talked about how God showed his love to us. Because God created the world perfectly without sin, and then sin entered the world. And the Bible says, uh, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So no matter who you are, you have sinned, and you, you are separated from God. And there, what we deserve is not to be in heaven. But God showed his love for us while we were still sinning. He sent Christ to die for us. And so Jesus paid the punishment and the penalty for our sins so that we don't have to. And what's great about that is that it's 
all it requires of us, Jesus did the hard work. All it requires of us is saying yes to Jesus. And so this morning, if that's you, what I'd love right now, if you could, you could pray this in your heart, repeat after me. And listen, it's not these magical words that are going to save you, but it's, it's the trusting and the believing in your heart that, that God is changing you and that God has called you for a purpose. And so let's pray this in your heart right now. Dear God, thank you for loving me. God, thank you for choosing me and creating me with a purpose. God, I understand that I need someone to take the punishment for my sins. God, I understand that someone else has to pay the penalty for the things that I've done, God. And thank you for sending your son to, to die on the cross for that, God. And not only that, but he rose again three days later and, and beat sin and defeated death, God, so that I can spend eternity with you and have relationship with you. God, I give my life to you. God, I want to live for you. In Jesus' name. And listen, if you just prayed that prayer, what we love right now, we, we, we'd love to celebrate that with you. And, and even more than that, we'd love to come alongside you and walk with you as you live out this new relationship with God. And so we actually have some folks who are on the sidewalls, both sidewalls right now, and they would love, uh, love to talk to you, love to meet you, love to celebrate you, love to pray with you, and love to give you a Bible to help you start growing in your relationship with God. And so what we'd love is right now, if you could actually get up, now it's going to be weird. We'd love to ask you to get up out of your seat and make your way to the walls. And our serve team is actually going to be getting ready for second service, so you won't be the only one moving. But what we'd love right now, if it's you, if you just made that decision to actually head over to the walls right now, and maybe maybe you're watching online, listening on the podcast, or maybe you're too afraid to get up. What we'd love is if you would actually text the word purpose to 270-229-6488. And we'd just love to get in contact with you that way and reach out to you through that way. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, come on, church. Like A.B. said, we are a celebrating church, so why don't we do this? Why don't we lift our head? Why don't we stand to our feet? And can we put our hands together and thank God for Christ, for Jesus, for today. Come on, let's give it up for King Jesus saving people. Online, we're believing that. In service, we're believing that. On a podcast, three weeks from now, we're believing that God is going to save somebody. Why don't you high-five somebody next to you? Tell them, man, I'm so glad you sat by me at church. Just let them know that. Let them know that you're so glad that somebody sat next to you at church today. And I'll just tell you, uh, I'm so excited that you're here, so thankful for you. We got two more weeks left of Don't Give Up, and then uh, it's going to be a great, uh, incredible, is it two more or is it three more? Two more. Two more. All right, so it's going to be a lot of fun over the next couple of weeks, getting into the school year again. As Allie and I were talking about the first of service, just remember 21 days of prayer and fasting is coming. Again, it's not our last resort. It's our first response. We want that to be the thing that we start with school year off with, our, our, uh, the, the church off with, that we're going to be a part of constructing uh, outside of what we get to do here. And, uh, man, we're so thankful, again, for what God is doing. And we can only do that because of the generosity of the people that call Purpose Church home. And I just want to tell you, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for believing in the vision God has given us to reach people, to connect them to Jesus and help them live on purpose. And so right now in our service, we're going to continue worshiping by taking up our tithes and offerings. And so if those guys that are usher team, if y'all don't mind just coming up and start passing those offering containers around. And I'll just tell you, if you call Purpose Church home, this is for you. If it's your first time, listen, we are so honored that you're here. All we want from you today is just that uh, connection card that's in your seat. Man, we're just so glad that you're here, that you spent some time with us today. We can't wait to see you back next Sunday. That would be awesome. But again, you can give on online. You can set up a reoccurring gift online. Um, that way it's kind of just every single month, man, you know you're going to put God first. You're going to do that because that's really what a tithe is, right? Uh, I had somebody one time mention to me, he said a tithe, T-I-D-E. I was like, well, I like the tithe that washed my clothes. It's a tithe, and he, was, he, was, he loved it. And I loved that I had a chance just to explain to him what the tithe is because, again, the way I say it doesn't sound like that. It's tithe, and what that literally means is a tenth. 
It means the first tenth, actually, if you look at Scripture. And what it is is us just believing that God can take 90% of our finances, which is what Allie and I, we sit down and we say, okay, this is what we believe is going to come in this month. Not really 100% sure, but we're believing this. We're going to give it at the very beginning of the month um, and, and just say, hey, God, we're going to trust you in that. And, and so that's a tenth. That's just setting a tithe aside to say, God, we believe you, we trust you. We've said it in the past. Uh, we'll say it again. Like uh, The fact is, is that I, I would just challenge you in this. Malachi chapter 3 says, hey, test me. It's the only time in Scripture that God says test me in this. And watch if I don't open the floodgates and, and, and bless your life. And that may not be monetarily. That may be in another area that you never even saw. Uh, but it's not because you weren't faithful. You were just going to be faithful to give the tithe and to believe that God can do more uh, with that than you could with all of it on your own. And that's that. I'll just tell you, that's the reason why we're able to go and have a permanent facility. That's the reason why we're able to go and have a facility where we're going to be able to reach people not just one day a week, 31 days a, a month, right, that we have a chance to go out and do more ministry. And I'll just tell you that, that we'll tell you more about it over the next couple of weeks and, and, and things. But, man, that place, I, I would just encourage you guys Go pull on the Save-A-Lot parking lot and start praying. Just start doing it. Just start this week. I want there to be more cars out there being like, they already have a church here? Yeah, we have a church in a parking lot. Uh, and I just encourage you just to pray over that place. Pray that the people, and don't even, don't wait till that place. Bring your friends here. Bring them here and then, and then watch as God transforms them over there. But would you just begin to pray for that place, that God would just do something in that spot that blows our mind, that's exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ask or imagine, as Ephesians chapter 3 says. That's our prayer. That's our heart. And the reason why we can do that is because of the generosity of this church. Uh, we couldn't do it without you, and we're so thankful for you. So thank you for being generous. Uh, you can do that again online or however you do that. Man, we're so thankful. So I hope you have a great week. Let me pray for us, and I can't wait to see you back next Sunday. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait for that. But Jesus, would you bless my friends? Would you keep them? Would you turn your face towards them? Would you shine your favor upon them? And Lord, this week, would you give them peace? In Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Have a great week. We love you. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.